Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rocking good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael, three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. This Rocktail Hour is sponsored by Tim's book, Men. Yeah, it's uh, highly mediocre and very short. <laughs> Mercifully short? Yeah, actually. <laughs> and the cover is the best part of the book, actually. So Once you get past the cover, it's all downhill. It's all downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first line of the book is, people think I'm a jerk, and, and I've had people get there and stop and ask me if it's autobiographical. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. This Rocktail Hour, we're going to have Tim tell us the story behind Live and Let Die. This is one of my favorite rock songs of all time. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. Maybe the Rocktail Hour isn't so much about the reason the song was written, but how it was written and why I like this song. When I was quite young, my dad took the whole family to go see Live and Let Die at the drive-in movie. Uh, he was a James Bond fan, and I think we've talked about the fact before that I was not allowed to listen to rock and roll in the house at all. In my house, that it was a big deal that we didn't like rock and roll. We, and I'm making those quotation signs with my fingers here. Um, so when we went to see the movie, I thought the movie was great, but I loved the opening song. And I waited until the end to see who it was. And I was only seven years old, but I was accustomed to, to looking for things in the credits. And I saw that it was Paul McCartney and the Wings. But um, um, Let me ask a question. Is it The Wings? Or I always thought it was just Wings. Oh, is it, is it Paul is there an article? Oh, Paul McCartney and Wings. What do you know? All right. Wow. <laughs> I'm 40, 25 years old. And I didn't... That's like... That's like my... You know, you're going to really laugh. You're going to really laugh when I tell you this story. That, that last week, my wife told me it's not the Eurythmics. It's just Eurythmics. <laughs> It's not the wings, it's just wings. Wow. We'll have to do a whole podcast on misinterpreting lyrics. One of my favorites is my, my, my good friend thought Bad Moon Rising was bathroom on the right. That's right. There's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> it's a bathroom on the right. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, my older sister thought that the Bee Gees... Um, more than a woman was bald-headed woman. And she would walk around the house singing bald-headed woman. We couldn't get her to stop. But we digress. Yeah. I'm a little freaked out. I don't know if I can go on. It's not Paul McCartney and the wings. <laughs> Holy crap. I am not. I am I was so not cool. <laughs> All right. Well, moving back to this song. There's not a fantastic story about why this song was written, but I, I think the great story is, is how the song came about. Paul McCartney and, and Wings were thrilled to have the opportunity to, to write a Bond song. And now this was the eighth one, and I would argue that this is the best. You know, Goldfinger is a great song, but Live and Let Die is musically is, is one of the best songs ever, certainly better than that horrible Sheena Easton travesty <laughs> for your eyes only um the only other one that comes even close to me is is the duran duran song a uh, view to a kill a view to a kill i really like that 
much better than the movie because by then uh, Roger Moore was so old that he was just horrible as Bond. Anyway, Paul McCartney and, and, and the band members were thrilled to be writing this song. So Paul McCartney was given the book, Live and Let Die, and he read it in one day. It's a quick read. And the story goes that he actually wrote the song in 10 minutes after putting down the book. In 10 minutes, he had the basic song written. Well, George Martin takes the demo tape and plays it for the producer of the movie. And the producer says, well, yeah, that's all right, but who are we going to get to sing it? And George Martin had to explain that was Paul McCartney that was singing the song. And if you would like to have this song in your movie, it will be Paul McCartney who sings it. And I think that's the great story behind this song is that the producers were totally wanting to go in a different direction. And they had to stop and say, no, if you want our song, you're going to have us sing it. Like uh, they can improve upon Paul McCartney. Too. Yeah, exactly. So that's the great story. But um, the fun thing about this is... Treg and I actually went to a concert, and it was Lawrence Juber, and he was the lead guitar for Paul McCartney and Wings from 1979 to 1981. And in the intermission, he was out signing some of his CDs, and I went out and, and bought a CD and, and talked to him and asked him if, if we could talk to him after for just a couple of minutes, and he graciously uh, gave us the opportunity to talk to him. And I wanted to ask him if that was really a true story, and some of my research, I'd I'd seen that that was the story. And, you know, you never know when you're out on the Internet and reading some of those things, if it's an urban myth or not. And he, he actually verified that that was a true story. And there we are doing research for our listening audience. That's right. <laughs> Verification. And so after the break, we come back and he starts his set. And the second song into the set he plays is Live and Let Die. There was no singing and it was just an acoustic guitar. And it was the most fantastic rendition of that song that I have ever heard. It, it was rocked. just oh, yeah. amazing. So afterwards, he was gracious enough to, to meet with us. And um, we talked to him, and I kind of kind of felt a little bit like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. You know, and I, I kind of started out by saying, um, remember that time that you were in a band with Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so the interview... Really kind of sounds like that at, at a certain point, but um, we'd like to play you that interview, or at least portions of it, so we're going to do that now. Firstly, I understood that the band thought it was really cool that there was a possibility of doing a, a, a song for the Bond movie, and that Paul actually read the book very quickly in, in a day and then wrote the song almost overnight. Well, that I know. Now, remember, I didn't join the band until later, but I do know that it was done pretty quickly. You know, as would tend to happen with a situation like that, Paul would, um, you know, Paul's the kind of guy that would kind of go away over the weekend and come back on Monday and have it written. When George Martin uh, played the demo for the producer, the story that I understand is the producer says, well, okay, yeah, that's good, but who are we going to have sing it? And then George had to explain that it was Paul that actually was singing and that right. if you wanted to have that song that had to be it had to be Paul singing okay yeah. that's great that's well, a that's, great story you know, that's, yeah that's Hollywood the other thing uh, that I just wanted to ask is is having had a personal experience with performing it and performing with Paul was there um, was there a story or anything uh, that you could share about that song uh -huh. yeah yeah I mean I have played it you know solo I have played it and, and I had done an album, LJ Plays the Beatles, and when we gave a copy to Paul, 
he said, well, what about wings? So I did this album I called One Wing, and I included that on it. And when they played it to Paul, he said, well, what does he want to call the album? And he said, let's call it One Wing. Now, the, prior to that, the lawyers had been kind of making noises about not using the name Wing as a title. So they played it to him also. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So I was allowed to use it. To use it as one wing. Oh, that's, that's great. So until he said it was okay. And then Paul said, well, you know, one wing. Oh, brilliant. Oh, perfect. All right. That's a great story. Yeah, okay. but, um, you know, Live and Let Die. Now, my James Bond experience was this guy who loved me. Oh, I played okay. on the score of that uh, prior to joining Wing. And we did a version of Nobody Does It Better with just me and Marvin Hamlish, who wrote the score, mm-hmm. and a string orchestra. And I only discovered very recently that that track was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh. Nobody told me. Oh, oh yeah. Well, why would they? Um, I, I have to tell you, as a kid, um, one of the first was, uh, rock songs I can remember was Live and Let Die. And my friend actually had me listen to my first Beatles album. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I said, who are, who are in the Beatles? And he said, well, John, John Lennon, George, George and Ringo and, and Paul McCartney. And I said, Paul McCartney, I, did he quit the Wings? And so for a, for a long time, I thought that That's Paul McCartney had quit the Wings to join, to the, join Beatles. the Beatles. Yeah. So that was my interview with Lawrence Juber. And uh, I am certainly not a professional interviewer, but that was a really fun conversation. It was a great night. And... So I think that's really all that we have to say about this subject. It was just, it wasn't necessarily any deep meaning behind the story, but it was just a, a fun idea uh, about the song. Did, didn't they win an award? Well, I, I think that it was nominated for an Oscar. Live and Let Die was nominated for an Oscar, but, but you know how the, the Oscars are with the songs. Clearly the best songs never ever win, as far as I'm concerned. That's not your Chariots of Fire did win an, an Oscar. Well, it won <laughs> for the score, but not the best original song, because... Oh. You know, the best original songs are usually things like Footloose and Lady in Red. (laughs) For those of you that like Footloose and Lady in Red, we're not trying to alienate you. In fact, our next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tread will present The Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing, 1987's dancing hit with Patrick Swayze. I was figuring that we would put a video next time and I would do the dance for Footloose. This is, what, this is what we do for our listening audience. These are the kind of sacrifices we make. No, actually, the song that won that year, the Oscar, was uh, The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. So, you know, classic great song. song. Great yeah, song. great song. I'm, I was just teasing about that. Big talent. Oh, yeah. Barbara. It's like butter. <laughs> well, I think, we've, I think we've exhausted that to death. So, Michael, why don't you go ahead and, and lead us out of this? Well, there you have it. We appreciate you joining us. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong or if you have an interesting rocktail of your own, we would love to research it and bring it to you. If you think we're just lame, well, please keep that to yourself. <laughs> uh, also, please contact us if you want to buy the next round in an upcoming rocktail hour by becoming a sponsor. Until then, rock on. Rock on.